0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: What's up, buds? What's up?
0: To this end, hit along the wall, a to the left point, kept in by Orpic down in front, of shot, and a score! And it's Devontae Smith-Pelly on a
1: save at a left point! DSP save! Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by Corey Snyder.
0: How are you doing, Corey? Pretty good. Not too bad. Over here, thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah, no, thanks a lot for taking the time. I mean, the Capitals have just been on an absolute tailspin uh, since the turn of the calendar. Um, the kind of traditional advanced stats are bad. Um, and I figured no one would be able to give some perspective about what's causing these things uh, like you can, because, I mean, you're the guy who watches the most hockey, uh, has all the stats down, especially all of our, I mean, micro stats is kind of an outdated term, but still the one I use. We talk about zone entries and stuff like that. So thanks for lending your uh, expertise to the show.
0: Yeah, well, I wish, I wish I was here on more positive circumstances, but it's always good. It's always nice to kind of break down, like, the root of the problem.
1: Yeah, and there certainly is a lot to kind of diagnose with the Capitals. I mean, through kind of up until the new year, they were about a 70 uh, percentage. They were getting about 70% of all available points. Now they're getting about 40%. Their expected goals percentage went from about 54 in all situations down to sub-49. I mean, the, the stats just go on and on and on. Um, but what are you seeing with the Capitals? I mean, is this a zone entry thing? Is it all special teams? Like, What's going on?
0: Well, to put it bluntly, their offense just kind of totally sucks right now. <laughs> it's just very anemic, very robotic. They depend a lot on deflections or two or, three, two or three things going right in the offensive zone or on the breakout to really create anything. And it's just a hard way to get by especially especially when, like, your fourth line is your best line and you've been rotating just kind of a cast of mediocre players throughout the rest of the lineup, aside from the top line, aside from Ovechkin, because Nets off, obviously. And, yeah, it's, it's just tough because, like, I watch... Like, I was thinking about... I was actually uh, making a new chart on Tableau just from watching the Caps because I'm, like... I'm just noticing how... Everything goes through their defense Especially on cycles and such Like their defense is so involved In the play and I'm like Which one of these defensemen do I want Leading like leading my offense Like Orloff maybe Carlson not the player he used to be Kind of a Carlson's not the player he used to be But it's like do I really want Nick Jensen, Martin Faravari, And like uh, Justin Schultz being the ones Like having the puck on their stick the most In the offensive zone And the answer is probably no. And I feel like that's kind of creating a drag on just their overall offense and has sort of a trickle-down effect because then you're not scoring enough goals. The the rest of your players kind of have to cheat a little bit or press a little bit, and you start getting leaky at the other end. And it's just creating kind of just a trickle-down effect of just completely mediocre hockey right now, to put it bluntly.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've been really mediocre to watch, and the results, as I just said, have also been mediocre. Um, Tell me a bit more about the reliance upon the defense, especially within the offensive zone. I mean, I remember a few years ago, I think it was Ryan Stimson's work about kind of those passes back to the point and how, um, you know, I think it was the shooting percentage or something like that. After a pass back to the point was about 1% on that direct shot. Or maybe that was after D to D pass. I mean, is this what the capitals are doing? Is it a lot of D to D stuff? Low to high? Like, what are we talking about here?
0: It's, uh, um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me and like how often they rely on low to high offense, but they do, they do that a lot. It's not necessarily like a direct low to high play. Like the pass is directly t- to the point, Are low percentage shots, but most of the time you're not really hoping to. You're hoping that's not your final shot, if you know what I mean. You're hoping for a deflection, a rebound, retrieving the puck, getting it back. Like uh, Carolina does that a lot. St. Louis does that a lot too. San Jose used to be the best at doing that. But with Washington, it's a lot of just really high cycles. The defense, like their defensemen, pinch and are so aggressive. And are so aggressive with just like keeping the puck in down the wall and such, but the problem is is that they're the ones getting the puck in the most dangerous spots. So it's like they're not necessarily reverting to they're not necessarily revert, reverting to zero point shots. It's that they're getting the puck into like decent places, like along the wall or, or an angle or a place where they can create a rebound. But the problem is it's like Trevor Van Riemsdyk or somebody that's not exactly the best shooter on the team getting it or shooting the puck. And they're also – the one I wanted to look at specifically was zone entries just to see how often they kind of revert to their defensemen. And they're up there with Nashville and St. Louis as far as how often their defensemen um, handle zone entries, which is pretty interesting because, like, if your defensemen are handling zone entries, it means you're dumping the puck in a lot most of the time unless unless you're Nashville and you have Roman Yossi. So you have kind of just a very – bare bones basic type of off basic type of offense that they're running and there's just a cap on it when you don't have there's a cap on it when you don't have like the elite talent to break it up to kind of back it up and for years they could back it up because Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Backstrom could kind of be that game breakers that they needed and sort of just like break structure wide open when they need to and this year Kuznetsov's done it i I think so. Ovechkin's having a really good season, goal scoring wise. But like, Backstrom's been out of the lineup. Oshie's been out of the lineup a lot. And really, like, it seems like the only line that does well in this setup is the is the Nick Dowd line, which like it's fine. But you're only going to win your fourth line matchups when that happens, and that's not going to really work long term.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's you can't optimize your play style for you know your fourth line even if the capitals do kind of deploy that line uh much more than that um obviously that that appears to be the favorite line of the coaching staff that is for sure um when we kind of talk about guys that i mean used to bear a lot of the offensive load especially in terms of zone entries i mean ovechkin i mean if i'm remembering correctly i mean I think he used to be responsible for almost 50% of the entries when he was on the ice. Is, is he a lesser role now as he gets older? I mean, he's he's not he doesn't quite have the same speed that he had in the past. Um, I mean, you talked about Kuznetsov, but uh, I mean, even those guys haven't been as dominant recently, uh, being this last uh, two months now. Um, and, and when I talk about Ovechkin at the 50%, I'm talking years and years and years ago. But um, what have you seen really from those two guys Kind of at the beginning of the season, versus
0: now, uh, they're picking their spots a lot more now, for lack of a better term. Like Ovechkin's not really Ovechkin's involved, not really involved as far as like uh, carrying the puck into the zone himself because the Caps like they they revert to dump and chase a lot. And if a guy is carrying the puck in, it's usually Kuznetsov and Daniel Sprong does it too because there's a lot of shifts where he thinks he's Ovechkin in 2008, even though he's not that good, but. The re- but the rest, it's like they're relying a lot unless it's Kuznetsov kind of doing it himself. The rest are just relying on small tap tap passing plays or dump or dumping the puck in to kind of create their offense through the neutral zone. And Ovechkin, he's he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of the second. So he's kind of relying on his teammates to sort of create a favorable situ- favorable situation for him or act as a trailer. Because like at this day and age, you kind of want Ovechkin to get lost in coverage. Instead of being like the guy leading the rush now, because he's not, he's not like that same power forward he used to be. But what's really different now is Oshie, and I mean, I, 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 there's a caveat here. They've both been injured, but like they, I think that's what they're missing the most of because Oshie and Backstrom were like the, they were their facilitators. If they need, if they needed somebody to break like a, to break a one-two-two or something, because like they were very good at posting up. Creating those quick passing plays for Ovechkin or even Kuznetsov to enter the zone, and right now it's like they don't have a lot. They like they've been hurt. They've been in a well. Baxter has been ineffective when he's been in the lineup, and um, they a lot of the other guys that they used to rely on are not really doing it. Like Lars Eller is not really doing it as much, neither is Connor Sherry. So that's why I feel like the defensemen have been taking so much of the reins here because, like, it's an easy way to. Get a controlled entry, just kind of have a quick breakout. I mean, have like a deliberate breakout in your own zone, and then have the defenseman coming late. He can kind of break structure a little bit. The problem is, like they, the problem is when they do that, the play just kind of dies in the offensive zone, and there just isn't like Connor McMichael had a good run uh, early in the season of being that guy, like as the facilitator. But lately, it just seems like teams have kind of figured it out, and. It's not. uh, It's just yielding some poor results and just very anemic offensive play.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just been inconsistent. Lot. I mean, very, very rarely are we seeing sustained stretches of of persistent offense. Um, A lot of it seems to be kind of oriented upon almost broken plays. You know, in the neutral zone, maybe they'll have a a weird deflection that they're able to then take advantage of and get an odd man rush or. Um, a turnover from their opponents. I mean, they're almost playing. To me, it, it, it kind of reminds me of Dale Hunter hockey a little bit. It's just not. It's slow. It, it, the waters are all muddied up. I mean, do you think the Capitals are trying to play kind of a much more structured <coughs> defensive game because they don't have faith in their goaltending, or or, 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 or what?
0: Um, I. I mean, I would assume they just don't. They don't. They either don't trust the. Defense they have, or they just this is kind of what Laviolette did in Nashville. His his teams were super deliberate with pretty much everything they did. Like it's almost like a basketball setup. If you watch uh, if you watch his old Nashville teams, a lot of set plays, a lot of design plays. But like three or four things had to go right for the puck to go into the net. So it was just a lot of restriction there. So I feel like it's just kind of it's kind of Laviolette taking what he did, what worked in Nashville and applying it to what he has in Washington, but the problem is they don't have Roman Yossi or Shea Weber or a lot of those guys. Or Suban. So I feel like that's part of it. There's also just the and the team's kind of the team sort of struggles with getting the puck back and retrieving it. Like if they're dumping the puck in, they're very good at getting to it first. It's just that when they have to disrupt a breakout, they don't really have a lot of guys who are good at just getting in the way or recovering a puck or recovering the puck to create anything. Cause I feel like, or, or at least, at least in the games I've watched, I've watched about like 25 of their games. Like the play just kind of dies when they have, if there's not a cycle, if there's not a cycle, the play just dies. And it's, uh, and they just kind of revert to, they just kind of revert to like having more of a set play, and it's just very slow and deliberate. And yeah, I don't know, I don't really know exactly why they're doing it because I feel like I feel like their defense is good enough to. I, I feel like the team isn't that slow, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> at least like going, at least going by ten. Like they have guys who can play off the rush a little bit, like not as like not as well as they used to and maybe they think this is the type of way that they're going to win because this is how a lot of teams win now like <clears throat> like Tampa Bay plays like Tampa Bay plays this way when they're in the playoffs, Carolina plays this way and maybe they think this is how this is how we're going to win it, just having everything in front of you just have everything in front of you control offense that way but it's just maybe the roster doesn't seem like it's that built for it
1: yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, the Capitals originally built this team to be a bit more of a thoroughbred, have more offense. You still have a good amount of those key pieces left. Kuznetsov, aging Ovechkin. Backstrom doesn't really have the wheels. Oshie is still, you know, he hounds the puck. Um, he's only been back for a little bit here in this most recent stretch. It um, certainly has made his presence known, but, um, I mean, unfortunately, what it kind of sounds like to me, Corey, is that there, there isn't really a, The Capitals aren't exactly one small change from from going back to being kind of that really successful team we saw to start the season. Um, You know, the the, the roster hasn't really changed. Uh, The the Capitals haven't had a full, healthy roster all year, but the results aren't there anymore. And, And I think Ovechkin and Kuznetsov just really were carrying the team offensively to start as they've cooled down. The Capitals haven't really found anyone to step up and replace that offense.
0: No, and and there was the hope that once everybody gets healthy, it was gonna that they were gonna uh, take the next step and kind of put themselves in with like Pittsburgh and Carolina. But really, they've kind of they've kind of just gone downhill since January. And really, ever since everybody got, ever since Backstrom got healthy, which is kind of weird, like it's not really what I expected. Or what anybody expected, but I don't really know what exactly is going to fix this. Unless you, unless like you hope, this is kind of just a malaise, and they're going to figure it out in March. But McClellan's always been an aggressive GM, and he's probably going to probably going to make an interesting trade or two because that's kind of just what he does.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I I think of McClellan being a uh, dra- a draft pick trader uh, in the uh, middle of the season, and then he will do um you know, his his big player swaps um outside of uh the regular season. Um let's see here. There there is Corey, is there any bright spot that you have for Capitals fans based upon what you've kind of watched recently?
0: Well, they're not really in any danger of missing the playoffs unless Columbus goes on a tear and I don't really have a good read on them at all. They're either great or terrible on a given on a given night. But that's really, I mean, that's really the bright spot I have, I guess. Because, I mean, anything, I guess, anything could happen in the playoffs. But we saw what happened against Boston last year, like when they're just up against a team that's overmatched. So it's kind of it's kind of tough because everything is just trending so downward. And like the the bright spots that I had, well, like. When I was on early in the season, we talked a lot about what's gonna like what kind of keeps this team afloat despite the despite them being old and having decent but not great underlying numbers. And it was always Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and there's always like this wave of players. There's always a wave of players that kind of come along and sort of keep the ship afloat. Like it was Burakovsky or Jacob Rana, and I thought McMichael could have been that player, but. He's kind of well, he's had a rough stretch along with the rest of the team, and he's been in the doghouse lately too. And like the only thing I can really think of is that I'm I've always been a big Anthony Mantha fan. Like, and I don't know how much he's going to change this exactly, but I I do yeah. think he, had a, he has a lot more to give than what he's shown so far in Washington.
1: Yeah, uh, Mantha, he started so hot when the team acquired him. Uh, obviously cooled down dramatically in the playoffs at the post. Uh, a, a lot, frankly, especially in those first few games where the Capitals really played Boston to about a standstill. All those games going to overtime. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the series, they were, were lucky to just be where they were. So, um, you know, unfortunately, it feels like it now is for the Caps. I mean, it was okay when Backstrom comes back. I mean... Granted, as you said, the team was doing pretty well until then. Okay, well, things will get better when Oshie's oh, back. Oshie's oh, been back now three games or so, still not getting it done. I mean, so Mantha, maybe Mantha will be the guy that kind of finally gets this this uh, this ship back on the right course.
0: Yeah, but like I said, it seems like the only ones that kind of thrive are the is the Nick Dowd line, and that's kind of an internal problem that they got to figure out. Because like even Ellers had a rough stretch.
1: Eller's an interesting guy. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age, right? I mean, he's been on the Capitals for a long time now. Um, he was part of that dynamic scoring third line during the Stanley Cup run uh, with Brett Connolly uh, and Andre Burakovsky. Uh, I mean, what is I – mean, what's your take more specifically on Eller or what have you seen from him lately? I mean, is he also just dumping the puck in a lot? I mean, where's the spark on that Capitals third line now for offense?
0: Yeah, like Eller I mean, Eller's always been like the jack of all Trades forwards that I feel like every team Needs, but lately it's What he, he got by last year by, by just being an Insanely good playmaker, like he was Really good at just getting the puck back, retrieving It, and just keeping A lot of sustained offense for Washington, but Like this year, it's not As, this year it's not as good, he's also Kind of fallen into the The malaise that the rest of the team has Like he's Entering the zone with possession at the same rate as Connor Sherry and Joe Snively, which is not exactly a good place to be. And as far as like, and, and also the big thing that's really concerning with me is how many of their good players are not creating zone entries that lead to scoring chances. Because there's only, um, by my tracking, they only have four players that are above average in that category, which is really concerning. And Eller, is like Eller's carrying the puck at an average rate, but none of them are, but none of them are leading to scoring chances. So he's basically just like a center version of Daniel Sprong right now, which is an issue.
1: What, what do you think? Like when you're watching a game, what makes the difference between a successful zone entry or a zone entry with control, and then a zone entry with control that leads to a scoring chance? Is it does it tend to be? Uh, you know quick movement is about having numbers with you. I mean what what really drives the difference?
0: Um, it's, it's a lot of things sometimes. It's just having good support from your teammates Sometimes it's being smart with taking a good angle to the net making a smart shot too, being patient with the puck or Sometimes it's kind of taking it into a cor- like noticing that nothing's open and just kind of posting up in a corner or chipping it to the to the corner or a teammate and kind of setting up a forecheck from there. Like it's this is something Carolina does a lot, because like they're they're a huge dump and chase forecheck team. But when they do create an entry, a lot of times it's a lot of times there's nothing there. Just be a lot of times there's nothing there because they've been clearing the puck out of the zone so much. But um, a lot of times, like their their entries don't have a lot of support. So what they do a lot of is just kind of send it to the corner or just have the forward post up. So they can get a line change or kind of wait for help, and then they can kind of set up. They can set up offense because, like, a lot of teams now trap the neutral zone, and they know teams want to carry the puck in. So it's pretty hard. Like, so being able to like being able to create off the rush is a good skill. And sometimes it's just having sometimes it's just having game breaking speed and skill, like a McKinnon or McDavid or Kaprizov or somebody like that. But sometimes, like. Sometimes it's just a player being like really good and smart, like uh, Deneau, Philip Deneau in um, in LA. He's very good at doing. He's very good at kind of like finding those uh, finding those gaps in the defense, like being patient, waiting for a teammate, or just kind of taking a smart angle to the net. Or sometimes, um, what, like one of the uh, one of my favorite things that a lot of, a lot of players do now is they kind of circle the net. Uh, Is they circle the net now and kind of wait for a teammate to get open there because that's a good way to get, um, because like a lot of defending teams have trouble kind of, uh, they have a lot of trouble keeping up with uh, like who's open and who's not when you do that. Like uh, Marner in Toronto does that a lot. Matthews is doing that a lot now too. So like there's a lot of ways to go about it, but it's it's really just about being, just about being like, being smart, patient, or just having the skill necessary. All
1: right. Well, it sounds like it's all kind of doom and gloom right now, Corey. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: Yeah, like I said, I kind of wish there was. I wish it was better circumstances, but they. I mean, they did their work early in the season, so like they have time. They have time to kind of figure this out. I don't know what exactly. I don't know how exactly they're going to get over the hump. But the one thing I will say is that I feel like the gap isn't as far as it used to be. If you, from like being just for being like a good team to a contender, if you know what I mean. Cause like, I'm looking at the top of the conference now I'm looking at like the top of the division now. And it's like the Rangers have their flaws despite having an unreal goaltender Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh hasn't made out of the first round in a while and Carolina's had their playoff struggles and I don't know like Carolina's had trouble with Washington in recent years in the regular season and they dropped a game to them early in the year so it'll be interesting to see how it, how it goes once they get more divisional play
1: Yeah I'm not I'm not super bullish um for the reasons you you kind of have outlined throughout this entire show I mean it, it is good to know that a the Capitals played well enough at the beginning of the year that you know they're still, I mean, even with how bad they've been playing, I mean, they're still very, very likely to make the playoffs. Um, you know, it, for a while, I mean, I think some of the, some of the uh, you know, probability websites had them at, like, you know, 99% to make the playoffs. Certainly, it's not that high anymore, but uh, the bottom of the division has just been, been bad. Um, and... You know, so crazy stuff can happen. People can get hurt. All of a sudden, the capital's kind of a bit of a hole, maybe to, uh, you know, get up in the division or, or, or... But the most important thing is really for them just to improve the way they've been playing. I mean, they, they currently look like a very easy uh, first round out, at least to me, so... Um, I, I certainly would want to play them if I was anybody else in the East, so...
0: Yeah, I mean... Really, unless they get hot in the last month of the year, which I mean, it does happen sometimes, but you never know. Because like, I feel like there's always a team or two that kind of just comes out of nowhere and just tears it up the last month of the year, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is the team nobody wants to face." I'm not sure who that's going to be this year, but it's kind of it's kind of tough to see Washington pulling really anything unless like uh, unless one of their goalies gets hot or something. Well. Uh... As
1: JP likes to say, the Capitals right now have been riding the Samsonov roller coaster because uh, the guys' say percentage just goes up and down uh, like a roller coaster. So, Corey, uh, I appreciate you bringing your expertise to the show. Why don't you tell our listeners kind of where they can find your work? I mean, if they want to check out some of these great stats that you track them, uh, themselves, where, where should they go?
0: Well, you can find all my stats on all3zones.com. Um, you can subscribe on Patreon, get access to everything. You get uh, my Tableau workbook, which has a bunch, of, a bunch of micro stats on every team, every player. Uh, a lot of people have told me they like kind of just lose, lose hours of their day kind of sorting through this or just looking at all the uh, cool stats that are in there. You also get player cards and a whole bunch of other things that I'm adding to the site in the next uh, week or so. And you can find me on Twitter at ShutdownLine, and I write a column at McKean's Hockey every once in a while, so... I'm all over the place a little bit, but uh, that's where my general, but that's where my general hub is.
1: Well, I, I like to hear that you're all over the place. Hopefully, the Capitals will uh, start being all over the place as well, uh, with a bit more unpredictability in the offensive zone. Because, boy, oh boy, Corey, it's uh, it's been a long two months to watch the Washington Capitals. But thank you again so much for your time, and really appreciate having you on the show.
0: Yeah, no problem if uh, things are a little better next time I'm on.
1: Yeah, I hope so. On behalf of myself and Corey Schneider, thank you for listening to this episode of Jabers Radio.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.